You're listening to a Big Finish production. It's beginning to feel a lot like... Oh, New Year. There we go. This is the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 30th of December, 2018. Audio drama, audio books, Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, The Prisoner, The Avengers. Lo- I mean, just l- loads of stuff, frankly. Well done, he got it in there. Well, in this podcast, we'll be hearing from, you guessed it, Tom Baker, Louise Jameson, John Leeson, and David Richardson talking about Santa Claus slash Father Christmas slash St. Nicholas slash Kris Kringle. Uh, all the different <laughs> names there. Chris Kringle? Chris Kringle, is that, yeah. Is that that's... what people call Father Christmas? I'm, f- I've, I'm fairly certain it is. I, I, I'm sure yeah. it is. Chris well, I mean, that whole sort of Santa Claus slash Father Christmas sounds like the most horrific Christmas horror movie, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, it really. <laughs> uh, anyway, our drama tease is this year's rather special return of an old monster, Hour of the Cybermen. Ooh. Any news on Chris Kringle? Yeah, Chris Kringle's a thing, yeah. Chris Kringle with two Ks, Chris Kringle. It may Never refer to it. Santa Claus, Christ Kind. Uh, which is like the Australian and German Christmas gift bringer, or Never Secret Santa, the gift exchange. Oh yeah, yeah. But That's Chris Kringle a, is Santa Claus. Yeah. Yes, yeah, on, on Wikipedia, Santa Claus, may, also known as Saint Nicholas, Chris Kringle, Father Christmas, or simply Santa. There we go. Whatever. It's over with. I got you know, some... We just thought we'd reflect after after the the event on on people's views. I don't want to say us to say anything about Santa Claus. Before Christmas, no, before Christmas, it's now after Christmas. Yeah, so now I we can thought. slag him off. <laughs> <laughs> he but left also, a right, just... he left a right ruddy mess in my hallway. Snow <laughs> everywhere. He, he only ate half the pie. Do you know how much that pie cost? God. Unbelievable! What honestly. an ingrate! Yeah, and then he left a note saying he didn't like brandy. Could I give him two lagers and a packet of crisps? I mean, <laughs> the man's a maniac. Santa maniac. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, also, I just want to stress right now that if anyone's listening to this podcast under the age of 12 years, please stop right now. You know, because we're going to be saying things about Santa Claus. Yeah, we're going to be really, really ripping him to shreds, aren't we? (laughs) Well, I will be later. (laughs) Here's Tom Baker. Uh, discussing his relationship with Santa Claus. What about uh, Father Christmas? What's uh, the history of your relationship with him? Because I've had a troubled relationship with Father Christmas, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. (laughs) Well, I mean, I know, the thing I know about is I know know a little poem about... uh, about Father Christmas, haven't I told you? It's written by uh, Christopher Hassel, I believe. It's about, you know, years ago, it was uh, actors, old actors, used to get 10 or 12 days' work playing Father Christmas, you know? Um, and uh, this, this is a little poem by um, Christopher Hassel. It's about an old fellow who's playing uh, <coughs> Father Christmas. And uh, and in between time, he's having a coffee break or something, and so he's talking to a, a, a little um, a local newspaper chap, you know. 
and uh, who must have said to him, you know, instantly, so, you know, what was the best thing you ever did? To which this old fellow said, um, oh, um, <coughs> Woolsey, Woolsey, yeah. or perhaps John of Gaunt was the best thing I ever did. Come over here behind a Christmas crib. I'm not supposed to let the children see me having tea, you know. <laughs> Time was, I had it all at my fingertips, you know, could plant a whisper in the back of the pit or hold them breathless with the authority of absolute repose. A skill despised, not seen in your day, no, yes. You never met my wife, did you? Oh, you're too young, yeah. She often came with me on tour. Oh, 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 yeah. One night, after the show at Nottingham, got back from the show, and there she was. Oh! I knew at once what made her do it. Yeah. She had resented me for years, you know. No, not me, not myself, but for what she knew was in me, my belief in... Sir, you'll forgive me if I say my art, for I had shown, you'll understand, some promise. Eh? To use her words, she felt herself usurped, and by degrees she somehow, unconsciously, managed to diminish me. You know, parch all my vital streams. I was like a kind of oh, shrunken riverbed, littered with tins, old tires, and bicycle. Oh, that was years ago. By then, too late to start afresh. And, ha, um, and anyway, I thought, oh, by all means, madam, those clocks are very popular this year, yes. I'll call the man in charge. George, no, no, there's no risk of damage. They pack the cuckoo separately. Oh, 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 cuckoo. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I think those it captures that anxiety to please, you know, to make something of nothing, to be a Father Christmas. Um, I don't actually know if there are Father Christmases anymore. Benji, where do you stand on Father Christmas? I don't mean which part of his body do you stand on. <laughs> ah! All right, I'll give you the presents. Um, now, what I mean is, in believing in him. Well, he exists, doesn't he? He lives in the North Pole. It's very cold, and his heating bill's really, really expensive. Uh, and he's got a load of elves, which he sort of says, look, I, I can't make the presents. I'm, I'm too busy. I've got to eat all this food. I've got to look over all these things. You make the stuff. I'll deliver the stuff. We do it one night. It won't take us too long. We could do the whole world in, oh, I don't know, 12 hours, would you reckon? Maybe 24. Um, yeah, it's, you know what? It's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, I'm, I'm more surprised he hasn't got a roof on the sledge because, you know, the slave, rather, not the sledge, because, you know, it must get really quite cold up there. Well, a number of issues are presented by your your little talk there, Benji. Right. Um, the first one is the whole sleigh sledge toboggan thing. I think we did. We have this debate before. I've certainly remember. You know, what is the difference between a sleigh, a sledge, and a toboggan? Oh, we have had a toboggan talk before. I mean, a sleigh isn't that when you 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 massacre a beast? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, we've cleared that up then. <laughs> yeah. But I think a sledge and a toboggan are like two things, maybe one with more hand-holding uh, structures. I think, yeah, it's the systems. definition of a sleigh, it says a sledge drawn by horses or reindeer. How about that? That's what well, defines it. I didn't know that. A sledge is a, is a vehicle on runners for conveying loads or passengers over snow or ice. Toboggan... 
A long, light, narrow vehicle, typically on runners, used for sliding downhill over snow or ice. Yeah. So there we go. So actually, if, if you're going out, you are going tobogganing. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember someone sent in a picture, and a toboggan is decidedly different to a sleigh or a sledge. I do remember that. Yeah, it is a, it's a whole different kettle of icy fish, isn't and it, the, really? The other thing is I want anyone who's below the age of 12 to stop listening now. We all know that Santa Claus doesn't exist, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when did you find out that Santa Claus didn't exist and how did it make you feel? Uh, Do you know what? I was at like primary school and uh, just just, there's always that one kid who spoils it really early on for you. And then after that, it plants the idea in in my head. So I just um, I just stayed awake one year, pretended to be asleep. Yeah, and peeked out the corner of my eye and 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 saw saw my dad and and that was it really. Um, and did you confront really your parents about it? Not really. I just because I, I thought if I confronted them, they'd be like, "Oh, we won't we won't bother doing it anymore." Oh, interesting. And so I was just like, I was just like, no. And also, I think you know, you know, you leave out a, a mince pie and some brandy or whatever drink you like. I think, well, that's a nice treat for him, isn't it? He, you know, he's, he works hard enough. He can have a he can have a. <laughs> Have a nice, nice bit of food and a drink. Um, no, I, I never really, it never really bothered me to be honest. I just quite like the fun of it all. To be honest, it, yeah, I've I've always enjoyed it. So that was my thing. And then, you know, eventually it was, it was just a natural conclusion. It was just like, yeah, let's we're not bother this year. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Okay, I'm. But, you know, it, it wasn't a big thing for me. How about yourself? It Was a big thing. That's why I'm bringing it up. Ah, okay, blimey. In fact, I'm appalled how you make so light of it. <laughs> um, um, I I wonder, and loads of people, I realise what I'm saying now. It's going to upset so many people. <laughs> Write in to slag me off. No, seriously, do. I, w- <clears throat> I want to be corrected. Um, I don't know why we perpetrate this horrible lie to children, really. Why do we tell them a stranger sneaks into their house? in the middle of the night and what's more only really will, will come in if you're asleep and what's the point isn't it nicer to say to children we're giving you a present rather than create a fictional character who does it so i mean two things when my parents finally told me in a kind of why are you so stupid to believe in this way you know, they were, they thought that I'd stopped believing, but I absolutely haven't because they'd overlooked one important fact. They had told me repeatedly that it was true. And when they said, no, of course it isn't true. And a kind of why, you know, I, I mean, I do love my parents. You know, there's there's no deep rooted problem here, folks. But I was really affronted. I thought, well, because you told me it was true. And I could see they were mystified that I would be so stupid as to believe in something like this and I said okay no 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 I, I mean I get it I said because I was 27 at the time no I'm joking I was uh, <laughs> you know I was I don't know at junior I think I was about seven something like that um <clears throat> I thought yeah I said I get it I mean obviously the the big red suit and the beard that that's obviously not true Ob- obviously there's not a person like that but I said but there but there is someone though isn't there and and I said, t- you know, and I thought that maybe it was someone just wearing like something, you know, this was like 1970 or something. I don't know. And, yeah. No, no, I thought they were wearing like a black <laughs> polar neck and maybe had a black beard. 
I actually had a particular Australian uh, entertainer in mind whose name I won't mention for legal reasons. But anyway, <laughs> I just honestly thought of him and thought, oh, yeah, because he was like a household name and everyone loved him and he was very nice. Anyway, I'm saying no more. Um, deeply, horribly ironic that uh, I did think it was him. And But within seconds, they just said, no, that no, there's nobody. And I, and I felt so bereft. And Aww. I said, well, who is it then? And they said, well, it's us. I said, but... Well, you, we leave out nuts and, and cocoa and stuff and for the reindeer and the carrots for the reindeer to eat. And they said, oh, yeah, well, we just eat that. Dad eats that. I thought, and it, the offhand way with which they just went, oh, it's just a, yeah. And I, I, I was uh, it shocked and stunned. And that, that's kind of, I've carried that with me so that when it came to uh, dealing with this with my son, I, I thought, yeah, everyone says, oh, no, no, you've got to, you've got to tell them it's by the Christmas's wheel. People often put on those stupid voices when they say things like that. They all start to speak like little babies. Um, I yeah. I thought I can't. Um, I, d- I found it difficult, so I tried to, you know. But he sussed it immediately. He was only like, like two or three or something like this, or maybe a bit older. Uh, and he said to me, uh, I'm not going to sleep. And I said, why not? And he said, because I want to see Santa Claus. I said, oh. And I was about to say, well, he'll only come when you fall asleep. And I just thought, oh, that's just weird, isn't it? You know, he'll only get into... And he said, we can't get down our chimney because we haven't... Because we've just got a gas fire. And I, I, so <laughs> I, I thought, well, now I'm going to have to sort of c- cook up some nonsense about how this stranger breaks into the house, even though, he, <laughs> even though Ben knows the doors are locked, but only when he's asleep. So it doesn't matter how much he tries to stay up to see him. When he falls asleep, that is when Santa Claus, strict Father Christmas, or whatever baloney name he's got, Herbert, um, comes in. You know, I, I just so, and I hesitated. I had a moment of all those thoughts I just outlined there in that rather embittered way. <laughs> just went through my head. And Ben just detected it. And he said, he's a joke, isn't he? Which is what was Ben's way in those days of saying that something wasn't true. If something wasn't true, he said, is it a joke? Is it a joke? Are you joking? And uh, and I didn't know what to say. And he said, he is. He's a joke, isn't he? He's not real. And and he was kind of quite enthusiastic in this assertion. And I, and I just went, well, can you j- just do me a favor? And he went, yeah, what? And I said, don't tell other children. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, oh, no, no, of course not. And the next year, I remember I was driving along the car and he was sitting in the back and he said something about Father Christmas. And I went, yeah. And he went, yeah, but he's not real, though, Daddy. And I went, well... You know, the thing is, when he said, I know, don't tell anyone, all right. <laughs> but he what is a level-headed dude. He, but he's been so happy about Christmas, you know, not believing in a, in a, in a pointlessly fictional thing has, um, has not diminished his enjoyment of Christmas at all. Because um, I, I think as well that, that like the, the Father Christmas thing, I think it can do more harm than good. I mean, I, I've always had that 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 sort of uh anger towards like parents who do stupid things like um like they'll buy their kids a bicycle and say it's from father christmas when some other kid you know gets like a couple of an orange a chocolate orange and maybe i don't know a book or something for example the the, the 
the level of presence, you know, there should be at least deep set out rules as to what you can give your children. Because because imagine being should the be legislated comes in for. the next day and he's like, oh, what did Father Christmas get you? And you say, oh, he, he got me a packet of crisps and, I don't know, a copy of the Beano. And this other kid says, oh, yeah, he gave me, like, a bike. Like, I've got, like, 50 quid, a whole stack of videos. Christ, you know, loads of them. You know, you think, why didn't he give that to me? Well, that's what I think is wrong. I think there's there needs to be more responsibility there on behalf of, of the Christmas Parent Brigade. Well, that's... Uh, I don't know how you'd enforce any... That's that's a whole can of worms. Well, I'm starting a committee. Um, we're meeting in the morning at the, at the Dorchester Hotel. Uh, a bit posh, isn't we, it? Oh, yes. Well, we, 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 like, we like their... Who's, who's paying for all this? You are, Mr. Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Oh, I've talked myself uh, right into a cul-de-sac of over-expenditure right there, which, of course, is how many people would describe Christmas. Um, so there you are. Those were our final Christmas thoughts. I mean, I, I know we're past Christmas now when you're listening to this bit. But um, on onwards with the uh, all the exciting extra content in this Big Finish podcast. Here is Louise Jameson talking about Father Christmas. Santa Claus, Father Christmas. Yes. What's your relationship? With oh, Father he Christmas? definitely exists. Oh. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing? He exists. <laughs> really? Yeah, yes. because he's like the spirit of Christmas, isn't he? Right. He's like the spirit of giving. And it's as soon as you know that it's... Okay, a- a- anybody under 12 has to leave the room. I've, I've already said that on the... Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, as soon as you know it's not somebody dressed in a red suit, you then have to become Santa Claus yourself and perpetrate the myth that the spirit... Perpetuate, of, I would say. Yes. Because right. I say, per- that's what I f- worry about, the perpetrating of a, of a lie. Ups- it upsets <laughs> me. It really upset me when my parents finally told me it wasn't true. And they, they seem to wear it very lightly. I was driving my son I you told when, me he was, so. when he was very young. He was about eight, I think. And he went, is there a tooth? You know you never lie to me, Mummy. Yeah. Is there a tooth fairy? You know you never lie to me. I mean, that was like the... So I went, no, Harry, there's no tooth fairy. The tears... I cannot tell you the tear <laughs> all the way to all the way to this lesson, and then you what about Santa Claus? And by that point, I was so distraught with you. I went, yes, yes, Santa Claus definitely exists. Now you know I'm telling the truth because I've told you the truth about the, about the tooth fairy. So you can definitely believe me about oh, Santa Claus. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, my boy found out when he was about four. How? Because I couldn't you, lie to him. You effectively. drunkenly tripped no, into the no. <laughs> into the bedroom with no, the sack. None of that goes on in our household. Um, no, I could. I hesitated, and he said, "He's a joke, isn't he? It's a joke." Oh. And I could, and he could tell. Yeah. And so I just call said, yourself Look, just, an actor. Just yeah, I can't. No, I can't lie to my son. Yeah, and I also thought, why? Why is it important to lie to him about this? Because it gives them such joy but it gave me such pain when i discovered that it wasn't true and i just remember thinking why would my parents make this up it's just as nice that they're buying me stuff why does it have to be someone imaginary? because it's collective isn't it it's like it's like live theater 
It's the entire world of children is being visited. That doesn't mean anything to me this individually. Benevolent <laughs> human being. And well. you've got it at school and Nick. Santa's coming tonight. Yeah. But it's not true though. Oh, but he does exist in spirit. <laughs> so yeah, everybody twelve and upwards just has to be part of the myth. <laughs> you haven't failed. I haven't. Your son's a delight. <laughs> Thank you. And now, John Leeson discussing Father Christmas. That was my bad canine. That was good. Affirmative. Very good. <laughs> and what about Santa Claus? And what's your relationship with Santa Claus? Oh, St. Nicholas. Yes. Oh, yes, dear St. Nicholas. Yes, we all loved St. Nicholas. We liked his beard, especially. And he, all, he always wore red. I mean, even historically, St. Nicholas wore red, I'm sure, but, uh, and but had boots. And how things. long did you believe in him as a kid? Oh, now you're, you're asking me. Um, uh, have I blown it now by telling you he's not real? What, what do you mean? <laughs> of course he's real. <laughs> Nick, be up. gracious me, oh, what am I tell. hearing? <laughs> this, is, this is outrageous. <laughs> Now, where did you hear that, anyway? Do, do you think it's right that we should tell children this fantasy? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what does it achieve, so, though? Well, it's magic, isn't it? You know, Santa is... You, you, you put something down on your pillow and it turns into a nice present in the morning. And how did it do that? It's magic. It's, and Santa did it during the night when you weren't awake noticing. But I remember that when I discovered that Father Christmas wasn't real. I was completely bamboozled as to why my parents had been spinning me this yarn. <laughs> Did you not have a moment like that? No, I don't think so. I think we're, we're still in Santa mode, but now we have a uh, granddaughter and things, so she's, she accepts Santa entirely. You know, and uh, the fact that it was baby Jesus' birthday doesn't enter the picture at <laughs> no, all. Quite often not. No, I just failed mm. to lie to my son uh, effectively. Yeah. So around about the age your granddaughter is, mm. he guessed because I hesitated. Ah. And and so I was left just asking him not to tell other children. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, well. Do you think I've done a bad thing? No, I don't think so. No, 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 no. No, you carried it off perfectly. <laughs> and here is old Chris Kringle himself. It's Dave Rich. A uh, day. <laughs> Davey and Babes Richardson, <laughs> we like to call him, yeah. to annoy him. Is our <laughs> senior producer, David Richardson, talking about Father Christmas. Um, what's your relationship with uh, Santa Claus, Father Christmas? <laughs> well, I believe in him entirely, obviously. <laughs> Do you think we should make children believe in Father Christmas? Well, you clearly don't, because you remember that time it's a convention, Nick? <laughs> Do you remember this <laughs> when you were on stage and you were, you were, I can't remember what you were comparing it to, but you were saying <laughs> it's like telling children that Santa Claus is real when he's not. And we just heard this little voice in the audience going, Daddy, is Santa not real? <laughs> I think actually they just went, oh, <laughs> that's all the noise. And then the next morning, someone put their hand up and said, so Nick, what are you going to do today? Shoot the Easter bunny. <laughs> So I can't remember what your question was, but I think... Your relationship with Santa. Um, 
I don't know what that question means. Oh, okay. My relationship with Santa. Um, I will take him for everything I can get. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Get your hands out of my pocket. Okay. Father Christmas. Right. Okay. Uh, oh, time for a quick ran. Ran has chosen uh, today. I feel like we're in some kind of like control room on children in need evening. Yes, the RAN has chosen, and it is uh, Jago and Lightfoot series eleven. Oh! Then a, a, a crowd of sort of people behind me will cheer and scream. Hooray! Yeah. Woo-hoo. Well, we'll certainly give you twenty five percent off that. Merry so, Christmas uh, to yeah. you. And all you have to do to get hold of that is to type bigfinish.com forward slash offers forward slash V for Vendetta forward slash randomoid. And then you're presented with a little space to put a code in, which is buck up. B-U-C-K-U-P or capital letters, no punctuation marks. I think that makes that perfectly clear. Am I right? Yes. And our drama tease for this year's rather special return of an old monster, this year being nearly 2019, it's Hour of the Cybermen. Ooh. And uh, a Happy New Year to you all. Yes, and a very Happy New Year to all of you sitting there at home. Whitehall. But within the sound of Big Ben, not exactly where intended, old girl, but close enough. <sighs> Two o'clock. It's awfully quiet for the middle of the afternoon in central London. Oh. Unit, whatever you've called me here for, you have my attention. Catches up with this lot, we've had it. It'll be safer once we get across Piccadilly. It would appear the expression as busy as Piccadilly Circus has become redundant. Hello? Anyone? Not a soul. Not dinosaurs again, I hope. Ah, at least I'm not alone. Hello there. Who the devil? I can see you're busy, but if I might trouble you, I've just arrived. Could you tell me what's happened here? No, no, no. Now, there's no need for that. I'm quite harmless. You can put your guns down. What are you doing on our patch? This is our stuff. And you ain't having none of it. Oh, oh, I'm not interested in your stuff. 
whatever it is you have on that cart. Then what are you doing here? Look, as I said, I just... Oh, look! The cavalry, metaphorically speaking. Everyone, here where you are. Drop those guns. Oh, me. Unit, in fact. I was wondering when they'd turn up. Under the Emergency Powers Act, we can shoot anyone found in the control zone who does not immediately surrender into custody. Your first and only warning. If I were you, I'd do as he says. Very wise. Got you at last, Parker. Red-handed. Took you long enough. Sergeant, get them onto the truck. Sir, right, you lot. Move. And you. No, not him, Sergeant. That's a friend. Uh, that's if the object we passed just round the corner belongs to him. Ah, my police box, you mean? That's what I was hoping you'd say. Captain Weaver, pleased to meet you, Doctor. And I'm pleased you came along when you did, Captain. But I need several explanations, starting with why Unit have called me here. The message on the space-time telegraph was short on detail. Captain didn't call you, Doctor. I did. Colonel Price. Oh, I wish I could say it's a pleasure. Captain, see to the prisoners, will you? Sir. Good man, that. I'm surprised you didn't have him open fire. You like shooting at people, as I recall. We parted on bad terms during the Heliax business, Doctor. I was doing my duty. I don't intend to apologise. You don't surprise me. Perhaps, given what happened, you'll understand the seriousness of the current situation. That I would reach out to you for help. Just what is the current situation? Why is central London deserted? Central personnel are here. Military, police, certain arms of government, beavering away in their buildings, but no unauthorised civilians. Not within the control zones. But you still have looters. You say you want explanations. Let me show you their cart. Oh, this is their booty, presumably. These containers. Now, oh, what is it? Petrol? Open it. Water? Quite so. Water. In every one of these cans. Well, there must be gallons here. And they stole it? Worth a pretty penny on the black market. Water as a black market commodity? Oh dear. Begin to see what we're dealing with. A drought, I assume. More than that. Let me show you something else. Get in, Doctor. It'll be a short drive. Hmm? Well, you couldn't just tell me? It's easier to show you. You might not believe me otherwise. Atris, what is this place? I would say a place of agricultural labour, for it was disused now. I can't go on much further. We'll stop here, Kel. I doubt they'll come after us yet. Not in daylight. In any case, you and Riva need rest. R Riva? What? You called me Riva. My name is Riva. She doesn't even remember her name. Yes, you are Riva. They took away my memories, as well as doing this. What matters is you're safe now. We'll stop and rest a while. Over there, Kel. Let's get out of sight.
Here we are. Westminster Bridge. Care to take a look at the river? My word! Twenty bridges from tower to queue wanted to know what the river knew. This river has a story to tell. It's barely a stream now. Every major river in Britain is like this. As if they've been drained. Well, this is no natural drought. There's been no heat wave. Nothing you'd normally associate with a drought. We've even had rain. But it makes no difference. The stuff evaporates almost as soon as it hits the ground. You say the whole of Britain is like this? Not just the rivers. Reservoirs, too. And only Britain. Nowhere else. What? Nowhere? Not even in Europe? Not even our closest neighbours. They're entirely unaffected. A drought without any obvious cause. And apparently targeted specifically at this country. We're surviving by having bottled water transported in from Europe and using industrial-sized condensers to replenish supplies, but it's not enough. Oh, this has to be the work of an extraterrestrial influence. Great. When did this start, Colonel? About four weeks ago. Four weeks? And you call me now? We thought it might be a natural phenomenon, that it would pass, that we could manage the supply of fresh water. But it's become critical. Frankly, we can't cope. People are dying. Well, if I'd been called earlier, they might not be. Not everyone wanted you called in even now. Oh. There is a project we have in hand that we thought might identify the cause. Oh. And what's that? We call it Cerberus. It's our new first line of defence against alien incursions. Shut the door. Hush. Hush now, my love. Rest. Will she? She'll live. With care. She'll live. Good. Kel! Patrice, I'm sorry. Because I don't think... I will. Kel! I had hoped I would fight by your side one more time. You have fought valiantly more times than I can count, my friend. Go in peace. Promise me you'll kill him. I promise. Your death will be avenged. Cerberus is a network of unit satellites surrounding the Earth whose job it is to detect alien spacecraft before they reach us. It was put in place three months ago. And has it detected anything? There was something about two weeks ago. An object that came in, entered the outer atmosphere, then left. We lost track of it near Mars. So it might still be out there, whatever it was. It might. And it may have dropped off something or someone while it was here. Except that the drought began more than two weeks before. Mm. It could still be connected, of course, We're watching for any return. Cerberus sounds all very well, but depending upon it now, maybe shutting the stable door. Sorry? Well, you say it's been operational for three months. If the alien hand behind this has been on Earth for longer than three months, it's rather redundant. I suppose so. Ah, here we are. That's our destination up ahead. Are those buildings? A Cerberus complex. Purpose-built to manufacture the Cerberus satellites.
Lieutenant Colonel Price and visitor. Very good, sir. It all seems very quiet here. There aren't many staff here now that the satellites have been deployed. They were built in the main building over there. But we still have our astronaut accommodation here. That's where we're going. Follow me. Astronauts? Unit has its own astronaut cadre now. And we have the use of a couple of the American space shuttles to deploy them. In here. This was the assembly area. Well, the satellites were manufactured in this building. All 230 of them. Oh. Four months ago, you couldn't move in here for technicians, engineers, and satellite parts. 230? That many? Cerberus's coverage has to be extensive. Still, it seems extravagant for the purpose. Tell me, these astronauts of yours, they're unit troops? Soldiers and engineers. Their main role's been to deploy and maintain the satellites. In fact, a group of them just returned. Lieutenant Hopkins is giving them their medical check. Daniel Hopkins? Oh, it'll be good to see him again. How is he? He's fine. Now? Now? He suffered a tragedy about five years ago. Lost his wife and family in a house fire. Oh, how terrible. He went to pieces for a bit, as you might imagine. Oh, poor Daniel. As I say, he's all right now. Soldiering on. He's throwing himself into his work. Yeah. He's through here. After you. Thank you. All right, Corporal. All done. Thank you, sir. Blood pressure's 110 over 55. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Afternoon, Lieutenant. I have a visitor for you. Afternoon, Colonel. Who... Oh. You called for him after all, then? Daniel! I thought you'd be pleased to see me. Lieutenant Hopkins lobbied against bringing you in. Oh. Corporal, you can rejoin the others in the recreation area. Sir. I'm sorry, Doctor. I didn't mean to be rude. I feel unit has to be able to stand on its own in crises like this. We can't keep relying on you to get us out of a fix. Well, I'd say in your present fix, you need all the help you can get. I suppose, now that you're here, least I can do is be polite. It is good to see you again. And you, Daniel. I heard about your loss. I'm most terribly sorry. Thank you. I prefer not to talk about it. Of course. How are our astronauts? They seem well. I was about to head back to the medical centre at Unit HQ to process their blood samples. But there's no cause for concern. They're seasoned space travellers now. Your astronauts have spent quite some time in space then. They oversaw the positioning of the satellites and they carry out routine maintenance. They're proper spacemen. And the satellites are a unit project? Oh, you've come a long way. It may please you to know that the scientific side of UNIT has expanded somewhat since you were last with us. In the absence of our scientific advisor. Shall we head for HQ then? When we get there, Doctor, you can see Cerberus in action. It's monitored from our operations room. I look forward to that. After you. What? Oh. 
sorry. I didn't mean to wake you. No, no, it's good. I, I should be awake. Can you help me sit up? Of course, darling. You call me darling and called me my love earlier. Were we... are we lovers? <laughs> Come on, sit up. Oh. Are you in much pain? Not nearly as much as before. Your body is adjusting. You didn't answer my question. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.